This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Marriage Radio. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, my friends? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And we just talked to one of our new friends, actually, Blake Thompson. And he is an executive producer at Ramsey Solutions. He's been there forever mm-hmm. and has his fingerprints on everything there. And it was such an awesome conversation. We talked about music. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, records like vinyl stuff culture at dave ramsey he just had his 25th wedding anniversary yeah. which means he's doing something right so mm-hmm. hands up to you my friend blake and this it's just a fun conversation yeah it's chill it's easy and when we when we meet people who are chill and easy we like them right another amazing thing about blake that probably you guys didn't expect to see the dude is covered in tattoos mm-hmm. and they're awesome and i dig it i'm so into it so he's got I, some style he, that's he for does sure. have some serious style but anyway no more blabbing from us uh we want to let you enjoy this conversation with blake and i do have to apologize on the front end mm. i messed up the audio Totes my fault. Sorry, Blake. It's not because I don't like you. It's because I wasn't thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here is our Skype call with right. Blake Thompson. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy and Marriage Podcast. I am your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, my friends? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today we have Blake Thompson from Ramsey Solutions. You guys know him as Blake's Bumps and he does a ton <laughs> of other stuff. But what's up, my man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing You're pretty wonderful. good. Yeah. yeah. Good. It's, uh, yeah, Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for being on. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were Blake, talking. Oh, Blake Bump yeah. sounds like a medical condition if they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's kind of related to, to like measles and mumps too. You know? Blake's bumps. <laughs> so so uh, okay, Blake's bumps. So we listen to Dave Ramsey, and you work at Dave Ramsey, obviously, and you're a producer, uh, engineer, all that stuff. And uh, Blake did these things like any music that you hear on the Dave Ramsey show, which is like killer. Like yeah. I, I listened to it today or even old episodes. I'm like, man, I, nobody knows that song, but it was on the thing as a bump and that was you. And so that's just super cool. I, I think we have a, a similar yeah. music taste. How did that, that start? How did it start Perfect. that you like became your own little enigma in that way? Um, I think just that, first of all, music fan, um, like, uh, uh, your husband, I play drums. And so um, I- I've always been into music. Uh, the cooler music like you guys like uh, came when I was like eighth grade. I had a, a teacher that handed me an REM cassette, Chronic Town, first cassette back in the 80s. And uh, I-, I just fell in love with that, Violent Femmes, just this college kind of sound and cool music. Got into punk music because I grew up a skater. Um, but then when I got the uh, the opportunity to work for Dave, uh, and we got bigger and bigger. I was like, this music that he's playing on here is kind of dated. Uh, <laughs> he's, more, he's more of your 70s guy. So yeah. it, it's riding that line of gradually putting some other good music on there. 
until it kind of went over there pretty hardcore to the point where he's like, hey, why, why am I here in Boston or Fleetwood Mac or the Eagles anymore? Yeah. Uh, but we just started, people just started, like you guys, saying, oh, I forgot about that song or I love that song. You don't hear that song on conservative talk radio. So it became kind of my own little thing. And we started a Blake's Bump site and I started posting those every day. And uh, yeah, it was cool. I had bands that I would play that I found out that they were huge fans and they'd be like, hey, thanks for playing our song. And I'm like, you guys listen? So it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so That's cool. How it started, yep. Yeah, it's so cool when like things things start out that way and then have that organic reach and then they just get bigger and bigger. That's, that's, yeah. I, it, it's almost like, um, it's almost like independent music kind of thing. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. you start super small and you have like a small little group of fans and then so-and-so shares it with somebody that lives in Chicago and then they know a, a promoter or whatever like that. And it yeah. just grows like that. That's the coolest yeah. thing. Yeah. It was always cool to know the bands no one else has heard of or just a select people knew. And then you knew you were in the club versus just the top 40 stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay. So we're a marriage podcast and yeah. well, well first some, some history. So we first met, you at an influencer event in Nashville just last year, in actually. And then we've gone to dinner a couple times, just kind of like, you know, uh, talked offline a little bit. And it, it's just really cool to, to meet other music fans who have like similar interests and then like money stuff. So it's just really cool. And then you know people and we know people that you like. And, and <laughs> it, it's just, it. well, again, I guess it's going back to that whole indie kind of vibe. Like, oh, yeah check out this guy or, or whoever um, yeah. kind of thing. So we've known each other for a small minute. And how long have you been married? Uh, I've been married 25 years. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, that's right. Because you guys just went to you have your thing. That's yeah. right. 25 years this past November. Wow. wow. Congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah, thanks. And, and you guys got to go on your uh, – your trip way before the coronavirus hit, so that's a lucky break. That's right. Yeah, I got to go on my trip before that. I'm, uh, I know Seth's a Seahawks fan. I'm a huge Chiefs fan, and yep. I got to go to the Super Bowl when the that's Chiefs right. won, and yes. then they stopped all sports for good. So I got right <laughs> under the radar. It's like you got all you got like um, the best uh, of all bucket list goals <laughs> in before the pandemic. Boom, stay at yeah. home. That's great. We, we we just sold our house and bought a new property. I think just at the right time. Mm -hmm. yeah. like we sold our house and I don't know. It was it, it was, was April of last year. April and then the whole transition stuff mm -hmm. for us. And then we're here now. Yeah. So I think it was good timing. You know. Yeah. It was super good timing. And how many kids do you have? Do you have two or three? I have two kids, and they're in the house, of course, for the last month and doing school right now. I have a 17 year old named Blake and a 13 year old. A daughter named Riley. So yeah, oh, awesome, awesome. And so, the good thing about this is it's caused us to have to be together. And my son's going to be home maybe one more year. So yeah. it hit me the other day that this time together and sitting down eating and hanging out when I'm not on a video call or doing work, it's just like a very cool timing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. That's a good kind of segue into one other thing we want to talk about. Like during this pandemic stuff. I've been noticing just as a, as a guy and a husband, as a dad, that this is an opportunity to literally stay home more and our kids are just loving it. Mm -hmm. Like, luckily my job is secure and I'm an essential worker, you know, and I can work from home doing calls with clients and stuff. I do go into the office to do like some computer work and stuff I, I can't do elsewhere, but they say, dad, are you staying home today? And yeah. Today, I'm staying home all day, and they were like, yes, you're staying home, you know, yeah. and they're just elated, they love it. you know, yeah. they're elated, and this is a real opportunity, so after this call, you know, okay, we'll, we'll do some other uh, podcast stuff, but then I'll go outside and chill with them and take a walk and just Build be with fire, them, you know? Yeah, yeah my uh, son, 17 years old, has his own Jeep, so when life is normal, he's hardly here. He just disappears. He's with his friends or whatever. So last night he's sitting down with me and my wife and daughter and we're playing games. I mean, it's, it, it, that's the positive part about what's going on in my opinion. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. A hundred percent. So I'm going to throw a curveball. We didn't, we didn't give you any questions ahead of time. Uh -oh. So since you've been married for 25 years and you're awesome and you like good music and have great tattoos, what is your top marriage advice? Cause those had nothing to do with marriage, but what do you think? What would you, what do you wish someone would have told you 25 years ago? 
Well, I'll tell you the truth, just to be vulnerable and open, um, when I, we dated for three or four years before we got married, and it was almost like, okay, uh, you graduate from college, uh, it's time to get married. And um, during that college time, I had a lot of fun, a lot of friends would go on the weekend trips, camping, um, fishing, all that. And, and when I first got married, I didn't realize I wasn't mature enough at 24 years old that that has to shift a little and uh, you are both together. I would still disappear on the weekends. Mm. And so um, she finally just sat me down and just said, hey, we're, we're a thing now and you're never here. You're at a sports bar watching basketball or football with your boys every night. You're gone camping or fishing. And uh, it was a really good wake up call. So looking back now, it's, it's that we're a partnership. Um, we run this thing together. Uh, very open communication is key. Um, the selfless part is one thing I struggled with early and had to learn is the, um, it's not all about me. I'm an only child. So mm-hmm. it's always been about me. So, <laughs> and she's, she's the youngest of three. So it was kind of a clash there. Um, uh, yeah, just, just communication, having fun together, um, doing stuff. Um, when we get kids, just making sure we're uh, there for them and and still make our time important even though we have kids um, it's probably the cliche the stuff you teach and you guys know so much it's just the communication part and and really being friends um, but at the same time the right hats when it's time to be mom support mom when she makes a call dads get supported by mom when I make a call with the kids um, but yeah she's she's a that communication of hey next weekend I would like to do this versus Hey, FYI, tonight I'm going here. You know what I mean? So um, it's like a partnership. Yeah. Yeah, big time. It is a partnership. And being a young, being a young man, when well, I was a little bit older than you. I think I was like 25 or 26 when when we got married. And I was very independent. You know, like being in a touring band is like, I'm just with dudes, they don't care, you know, like just show up at the venue. Well, we all drive there together. Obviously, we're in a bus, but uh, show up, do your stuff practice and then out go do whatever you want to right and when we got married you know she's not a dude obviously and we're not in a touring band together right so it's like whoa what are you doing because i i too would like to go to the woods i had a great fj60 land cruiser 1984 and i i I, so upset that i sold it um but it was like sweet no rust whatever but anyway, I would go off and just go on logging roads and go off by myself. She hated it. She never wanted to go, and but I loved it. But I would just go out hunting, fishing too, the rivers out here, yeah. and just like, whoa, wait a minute, we're we're together now. So it was a huge shift. So I'm I'm the oldest of uh, three brothers, and we just always did our own thing. So that real like, hey, you're married now. We are in a partnership. And it takes both of us to do a lot of hard work. So that real paradigm shift, and I'll be honest, it took a long time for me, probably longer than you. I don't know, but just shifting over because there was a part of me that thought, oh, you're, you're too needy or like, I just, you know, you're pinning me down and let me be me. But that was me being selfish and just, just saying, Hey, get over it. You know, I'm dismissing your needs, which wasn't what was not right of me. A lot of that though, was my presentation of my frustration with it. Cause I'm the youngest of five. So I'm like, look at me, everyone look at me. I want attention. I want attention. You need to take care of me. I don't want to work hard for anything. So I was presenting to him like, why aren't you doing this for me? Mm -hmm. How come you never, you don't care. Right. So I made Mm -hmm. this like, all of the things I wanted, I turned into a laundry list of attacks. And so I did not make it easy for you to want to be with me. Right. I did the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of things that we had to unlearn. Yeah. yeah. The beautiful thing is it comes around, though. I mean, when you're I'm pushing 50, my kids 17 and 13. So they're pretty much independent and do some stuff on their own now that it's like so much work, so much come home. That's your life. You have some friends, too. But everything has shifted so much for so many years that now my wife is, hey, why don't you go kayak this weekend? Why don't you go camping? Why don't you do some stuff you love to do in the past? So it's cool how it's come to, it came, came back around. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's cool. And then uh, 
you being able to do stuff with your oldest son too. Just you and him go out. Oh man, that's I love it when. So we have a twelve and eleven and an eight year old, and we do stuff now, and I love it. So I just want to like be the person and build this relationship now with them, so we can enjoy those things later and not just be you know yeah not have a distant relationship yeah and, and those are the things those times like the super bowl and taking him and it just being us with breaks up some of that independent 17 year old that the parents are in the house but i'm doing my thing and to be to be very truthful with you one thing i've struggled with more than anything is knowing i only have them for one more year and having to be more intentional to try to stay involved with him and do stuff with him when it start when at that age you start separating he starts you know not wanting to hang out with mom and dad anymore so i try to find those activities that he still feels are cool or has the opportunity to do but he doesn't realize i'm doing them not just to be there but but that opens the door before he's 18 19 gone in college but that's as a parent of a 17 year old that's one thing I, I didn't realize was coming, and it's almost like, boom, here it is. And yeah. so this time at home together right now has really helped uh, fill that gap that I'm starting to fill. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, I love the intentionality behind that of saying, like, you're creating your – the things that you do with your son are not just, oh, I would like to do this, want to join me. It's actually – it's almost like a bait and switch <laughs> a little bit, yeah. but like for a good purpose. I think hey, that that's hey. really beautiful. I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love doing the thing, but <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's an added benefit. I should say it's, it's, it's let's include him more so I can spend the time with him. And it's a memory for life on these things that he'll never forget. Even though he doesn't make a big deal of it now when he's that's older, great. I know it's coming around. Remember that time we went to the Super Bowl, that time we did this. So yeah, 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 I love it. Um, so okay, let's let's transition. I think that's some good advice. Communication is key in any relationship, in a work relationship with your with your own family. You know, your mom, dad, your parents, your kids, but especially with a marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. And we like to use this thing called the clearing structure, and it's basically just the use of I statements. You know, if she does something that I don't think is helpful, or you know, I get kind of upset about or whatever it's always best to say hey what you did made me feel this way i feel this way here's what i want from that and here's what i want from you the next time in the situation it's not like i'm not going to use you always do that why don't you just know kind of thing because yeah. that gets us in an argument every single time mm -hmm. and probably every other, every other couple in the history of the world the same thing so the use of i statements in the clearing structure mm -hmm. is that's good Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and who was it? It was what's his name? David Voss, the guy, the um, Chris Voss, Chris, Chris Voss, the um, guy who does, yeah, he was on Entree Leadership yeah. just recently. But he talked about I'm I'm listening to his book Never Split the Difference, mm -hmm. uh, not negotiating, and he was talking about uh, just yesterday. I heard him say, "Never start a sentence with why." Because mm -hmm. it's accusatory. Mm -hmm. Why oh. don't you like this food? Why, do why don't what I mean, even when it's a simple, why don't you put the laundry away when it's done? It sounds <laughs> so accusatory. Yeah. And um, but he was saying if you could twist it just a little bit and say, How can we get it so that the laundry can be put away when we're done? Mm -hmm. Then yeah. it's engaging. It's like a conversation where you're trying to get to a goal, but you're engaging the person you're talking to in a different way. And I feel like I statements does a really good job of that of it's taking away the accusatory why right. and putting in place like a how and a, this is what I want and how do we do this together. So I think that that's, yeah. that's a really cool. That's good. That. Yeah. Okay. So I'm totally changing topics because <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but Melanie is a really, really, really good musician. She studied opera. She did music at our church with the lead singer from Thrice for like years. Ah. Uh, Andrew, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. But and with Matt from Emory. I and led with worship with Emory. him. And she was on some of the Emory albums and all this stuff. But she honestly is a really good singer. Like pitch, writing, all this stuff. I'm not tooting your horn. I'm just saying. Toot it. Hey, <laughs> good, right? And you're a drummer. You love music. Uh, I love your Instagram, the the uh, Blake's Vinyl, by the way. You guys go check that out. Blake's Vinyl on yeah. Instagram is super cool. I just like the... Okay, well, and then, of course, I'm a musician too, right? Yeah. So let's talk about music for a minute. And one thing I like about the Blake's Vinyl thing is you highlight, like, the artwork on the mm -hmm. albums and the story. And yeah. I remember when I was a kid, 
like I wasn't super into vinyl. I would like find my dad's records or find my uncle's records or something like that and just look through them. And it was like a, well, it's not like, it was a huge production. Like you hired a guy to like literally, you know, paint the artwork or, mm-hmm. or digital. Well, I guess it wasn't very digital back. I'm talking about like the seventies and eighties yeah. and stuff like that. But the design and the, the thought behind it, it was an experience. Yeah. Exactly. You weren't just selling a record like, oh, they got a new song. The liner notes, all that stuff, right? And you really catch the essence of that. And so let's just talk about music a minute. And I'm thinking of music affects Melanie. Like name some of the the bands. I know you like the Punch oh, Brothers and Chris Thiele and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the Punch Brothers. I just I can't get enough of the Punch Brothers. Chris Thiele, like. Tell, tell me, tell me why you like it. Not well, like oh, they're so cute or whatever. It, it's like a. <laughs> Have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's been punched a few times. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's it's an experience for you that yeah. puts you on a different level. Like, talk to us about that. Well, for for me and the Punch Brothers, the complexity of their music is so I just can get so lost in it because I studied classical music. I did orchestra. I played viola. I was in the Seattle Youth Symphony. I studied opera. Mm-hmm. So I love really complex very beautiful um, orchestrated pieces. And to me, the Punch Brothers are that. They are this amazing combination of finesse and skill and talent and uh, creative like creative writing. But then to see them live, have you ever seen them live? Uh, I uh, Not live in person, just like video, but they're, they're legit. Oh, it's so unbelievable. It is so unbelievable. Their live performances are like, flawless i mean it really is the most flawless thing i've ever seen live apart from like a classical Mm -hmm. symphony and um and for me again it's just it's transformative it transports me out of wherever i'm at i i use it as like a state change like i go oh i want to feel better i'm going to listen to that song or i kind of want to feel bad right now i'm going to listen to that song and so for me chris thiele the his his genius the Punch Brothers, Goat Rodeo Sessions, like all of that stuff, I just cannot get enough of. They can't put enough music out, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my some of my favorite stuff. I don't remember what you asked, though. Well, no, I want to ask Blake, and I'm not going to ask the lame cliche question. What's your favorite album, or who's your favorite thing? Because it, it, <laughs> I'll it's tell me. you that, too. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, you can tell us that. Or your favorite, like, all-time artist. I'd like to know that. But more of... The, the type of music and what it does mm-hmm. for you, kind of like how Melanie was describing. Well, what it, band? yeah, um, going back to your vinyl statement of like describing and having, I think in this day and age where everything's digital, um, it makes me want it more. Um, not just the sound, but the experience. When I was young and saved up the money and went out and bought the record and unwrapped it and, you, and there was a smell to it. And you physically opened it and you put it on and put a needle and you looked at the artwork or you read the lyrics while you're hearing it for the first time. And nowadays with Spotify and everything, it, don't get me wrong, it's great because our my friends, we get to share playlists and I, and I discover new music faster digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the big miss is not having that in your hand and the collection of it. And so I think uh, though I had a lot of records in, I really ramped them up in the past five, 10 years since digital's like taken over. And I'd like to thank you guys personally. Last time we saw each other, you brought me some records. Yeah. Like they were old ones in a box, but there was some classics in there, Led Zeppelin, <laughs> some old Willie Nelson. I mean, some good stuff. Uh, but to answer your question, I, I don't know what it is about music. And, and my wife's a singer too. It sounds like you're way more in the educational side and, and all the background, but my wife's a great singer. We were actually in a band together for a short period of time oh. way back when we first got married. Love it. Uh, but uh, um, it's there's just something to music that just grabs me. And I'm not just like one genre. I talked about indie and alternative. That's just because I grew up Generation X. And I think that time period was so heavy with that kind of stuff especially like Seattle bands and all that were big when I was in college. Um, but I'm all over the map. Um, it, there's something about the appreciation, um, Elliot, you talked about of the artistic, the, the, the creation of it from uh, bringing guys that I've learned this more than anything. And you know this, Seth, you've been in a band. If you try to form a band where you all have the same opinion and love the same stuff, 
Right. <laughs> you hear turmoil in bands and the better bands, why didn't they stay together? Because everyone had these ideas and the ones that balance that well, that's what's intriguing to me. When you get the guitar player that came in and started with this riff and this guy goes, what if I did this? And you send it to the uh, singer and he makes this whole thing or she does to it. Um, I'm really intrigued with all that. And a lot of bands that I'm into far as through the years have done a good job of making that last a long period of time. Uh, REM, I mentioned earlier, big influence on me. Little tiny college band at University of Georgia playing little weekend parties and then signed the biggest record contract at, at the time from IRS Records to Warner Brothers, like $80 million. And these were guys that were just in a dorm room together playing. Yeah. Now, all like all these bands you hear today, even Nirvana would say, hey, it's because REM, it's because REM, whatever. Uh, so just showing and how they stuck to their roots and how they, um, they, they always said, no matter how big we get, we all are equal. I might bring 100% of this song to the table, but pay-wise or anything, like you two did the same thing, it's everyone 25, 25, 25, 25, all four members. And, right. and I think those bands that have done that and made it more of a unity versus the ones you've seen that have the power ego and break out and it's all about me and all that, um, I, I'm intrigued with that kind of story. Mm -hmm. um, another band I'm big on is Radiohead. Uh, yeah. A band that can start out like this sounding, and I loved it. And then out of the box, it's like, wait, what is that? And then after so many listens, it's like, oh, that's brilliant. And yeah. then another whole, and the stuff they've done, and talking about seeing someone live, it just blows you away. And it just picks up all these instruments, and like, what are they doing? And it just works. They're like this brotherhood. So I, I like not just the music and the sound and the album. I like all that part. So I'm a huge uh, follower of the bands, and they're process and if they have a book out i'll read it to see how it went through the years it's just intriguing to me yeah it, it's like one dang it i'm trying not to say like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> as melanie was saying when she wants a state change she, she listens to something yeah and i think of when i used to play and we would tour and stuff it would be a complete state change like Dang it, I said like again. Stop it. Being, being on stage and playing the music, I wasn't there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was, yeah. It, was, it was a complete flow state. You, they talk about athletes having it. When, when we do public speaking, mm -hmm. we're just in complete flow, flow state. state. It's like, I don't know who I am or who yeah. inhabited my body. I'm just yeah. kidding about that. But it, <laughs> it, is, it is in the zone. You are... What is what is uh, one of our favorite guys? It's your it? zone of genius. Your, your zone of genius, and I just remember being on tour. I literally would just I wouldn't be there. I'd just be in a, yeah. a space, just mm -hmm. playing, and every single note was solid as all get out. And everybody was yelling. It was just the greatest feeling mm -hmm. ever performing music. And now, since I don't perform, I sometimes when I listen to music, I've been into explosions in the sky, you know, for oh a long yeah, time. definitely. And when I'm working doing computer stuff and can listen to them it puts you in that state of, oh my goodness, this is so beautiful and just, it, it fills the, it not only fills my ears, but it, it fills the whole room kind of yeah. thing, you know? And when you can focus on that, it's just the greatest feeling ever. Yeah, and in music even, I have playlists for like the weather. Like <laughs> it's fall time, so my albums will maybe have like Arcade Fire or The Cure, stuff that feels like you should be in the woods or by or by a fire, or what, or it's raining outside, so they get a little more depressing sometimes. Yeah. Or it, it, yeah, that's how much music is to me. Like where I'll make playlists on, okay, what's where are we where we're we gonna be, and what's the temperature? And I run with some guys. I'm really close with a guy named J.K. Sims. Him and his, uh, you know Suzanne uh, Sims from our <laughs> office. Um, it, it, me and him are uh, best friends, and uh, me and her too. It's crazy. Thing because we've worked together 15, 16 years, and then actually we've become friends, me and JK, but we're in a group called the Music Summit Group, and uh, we, I told you guys earlier, we get on here at Zoom calls now that we're stuck at home, and we get on here and go, okay, uh, we're going to do a 64-song bracket since we don't get our 64-basketball uh, NCAA team bracket. Let's get on here. Everybody bring 13 of the worst songs ever written, and we'll battle it out for number one in the final. And we'll be here each night and debate that and top songs of the 2000s or the 90s or uh, we're in the middle right now. The top cover songs, we just put out the 64. We turned in 13 each and then the commissioner named Preston Cannon makes the final bracket. And last night was the big reveal. Uh, <laughs> all, that, 
having a buddy like that, um, we'll go vacation together and it's like, okay, who's got the playlist? JK's already got it. We're going to be at the beach. So here are the songs. Oh, Blake's oh. got it tonight because we're going, you know, it's great dinner out in this area and this is the playlist. So it's cool to have friendship like that with other musicians like us um, yeah. that get it when you talk about that versus uh, I listen to the local radio station with the top 40 and I know who Taylor Swift is. I mean, I, I'm so much deeper. I'm like, yeah. come on, let me bring you over here to the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's actually one of our favorite things when we travel is typically we're flying in somewhere for a speaking gig and then driving, you know, you got to get to the venue or whatever. And I always am in charge of the playlist like I and I'll make them in the car because I do the same thing where I'm like, we're driving through Kentucky. We got to head to Louisville. It feels like this kind of like sometimes we'll do Daft Punk. Sometimes it'll be uh, what is it? The Postal Service. Like oh, yeah. we get oh, into yeah. all. And it's, it really is like it's a mood based thing. But I never thought about doing it for the weather. Yeah. I love that. And all we're doing is when we're younger, I guarantee you, all of us did mixtapes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same exact thing. Like you would share them before the Friday night football game. And then after you go hang out at Applebee's, that's what we did, yeah. kind of thing. And you're like, and you're jamming your mixtape, right? And yeah. then I started, I think that's how I got my wife, Tanya. I would start making her mixtapes of cool music, but it was like, the words were like, uh, hey, us, you, you know? And yeah, and it kind of opened the door. Yeah. yeah. You give her a, a mixtape and go, remind you of anything? Uh, like, <laughs> like, she actually explains I don't make them for her anymore. Oh, now you've got a task. Now you've yeah. got something to do. One thing is funny is that I, I love Spotify for a few reasons, but I don't like it because it will not stop an album when the album is done. Mm. And like go on to it like you probably like. Yeah. And I'm so mad when like uh, it'll end uh, like a Punch Brothers album mm -hmm. and then it'll start playing some idiot Yahoo I didn't want to hear. And I'm like, yeah. you ruined it. You yeah. ruined my life. Yeah. Punch others vibe. Right. I'll make the decision where I go next. Yeah. Right. No, thank you. Yeah. You're not telling me what to listen to. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, m music is, is huge. Yeah. And I, it's, it's such a big part of the experience, the overall experience. It's such a gift, too. I'm yeah. so glad I can hear. Can I ask you oh. a question about the Battle of the Bands at Ramsey yes. Solution? Can you tell me all about that? Because when we found out, just tell us all about it. I couldn't believe it. All it is is at the end of the day, the foundation is Ramsey's culture. You know, I work with Dave for 24, 24 years this July. Been married 25 years. This is my 24 uh, year anniversary this July with Dave. It was just us in the beginning. Now there's uh, 950 of us. Um, but even back then when I started with Dave, culture was such a major thing. And when I say culture, that is we, we, we work hard, but we also play hard. And we come up with fun ways to make everyone make sure they know each other if there's seven of us or if there's almost a thousand. So one of the uh, culture things we do, we have a committee, a communication committee and people that's in charge of our Christmas parties and our culture events. And uh, we do a spelling bee every year and it's by floor and everyone's like, Let's get the smartest speller, and let and, and we have a parade, and we have our colors for our floor, and <laughs> make noise, and everything we do. Flip cop against each other, but one of the cool things that we've done for years, I think we're in our eighth year, ninth year, maybe of doing it, is battle of the bands. Of course, you know, in Nashville, Tennessee, everyone pretty much started as a musician. Now they're on their full time job. Yeah. So um, there are out of thousand, out of 950 people, as you as you know, there's a lot of great talent in that building. So um, last year, I believe we had maybe 10 bands, and uh, one band could have anywhere from five people to Arcade Fire with you know 18 people in the band, and uh, someone plays something, and they're all great. You hear these bands, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, you guys could be playing out every weekend here in Nashville. Vocalists, guitar players, killer drummer stuff. I mean, killer drummers in that building. Wow, and wow. Uh, so Battle of the Bands, what we do is it started out before we moved in our new place that every month, if, I mean, not every month, for a certain period of time between, like, two or three months, once a week we would have lunch. Everyone would stop what they're doing, come in the room. We would provide the lunch, we meaning Ramsey Solutions, the board, and um, then two bands would battle each other. You got three, you got X amount of minutes, nine minutes for three songs, and you play them. Then the next band gets up there, not three songs, nine minutes, and while you're eating 
and getting into it and all that, at the end, you take your phone and you vote. And then they be in advance, in advance. And then you have a final. Well, in the new building, uh, I don't know if I've shown you guys pictures, but the back of the building, we have a new amphitheater. So this year's Battle of the Bands was uh, two monster stages seating at the amphitheater in the grass. So we had, we had Ramsey Solutions and Ramsey Show folding chairs already set up. You bring your family, yeah, 2,500, 2,800 people out there. And <laughs> I'm up there playing bass this year instead of drums, just rocking it out with this huge crowd as the sun's going down, playing the killers and just stuff I love. And feeling like you're a rock star again. I mean, there's people playing bands that doesn't get to play in front of that many people their whole whole life, and they're doing all the time. So what we did is, uh, one stage would play, and the MC would da da da. While the other uh, stage is getting ready, when this one's done, boom, that band starts. And this year we did it all in one evening. Shut the office down at four o'clock. Get your food. There's bars set up there. You get your family, da-da-da, the first band goes, and we go through the evening until the winner is crowned that evening at night. Crazy. That oh. is that is wild. That and we just support each other, and next year our band might change. We switch it up. I've been playing a lot with my producer of the Dave Ramsey Show, James Childs, and a guy named Justin Baker, two unbelievable musicians that were in bands before. One's a music producer on the side, and uh, we, we've kept our band every year just because it's like we all love music. This is a good outlet. We know once a year we'll get back in my music room in my house and work on X amount of songs, and we might not make it through the first round, but it was so much fun, all that getting together and jamming and figuring it out and then going and performing. So it's a cool thing that Ramsey, Ramsey does. So are you playing drums or bass in this band? Um, last year I was played bass. The year before I played bass, all the years before that I played either um, drums or keyboard. Uh, this year we are just now we've pushed it. It's usually the virus, everything's pushing everything. It looks like we're going to do the Battle of the Bands more in a fall this year instead of the spring. Yeah. Um, so that's not till October, I think, the date. So we're right now in our rumblings of going, when are we going to start practicing in our house? This has stopped everything because we're not going to each other's houses. Yeah. But once we're back in the clear and going, the practices will ramp up. And, and I can't look. I, I look so much forward to this, man. So oh, it's a that little sounds, that, that <laughs> sounds, like heaven. I know it is. It, that's just a, a dream. Like not only participating in something that big and just like a party and it's orchestrated and it's super fun. But also, oh, this is my work yeah. that is supporting that. And then yeah. on top of that, my coworkers mm -hmm. and the culture around yeah. there. So that's a perfect segue yeah. to Our families are out there sitting together and hanging out and the kids are running around together. So yeah. cool. And one thing I forgot to mention, we pass on this golden guitar, plastic. It's probably a Guitar Hero thing, sprayed gold. On the wood bank, and every year, whoever wins gets their name, like the Stanley Cup, put on it, and they keep it for a year. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. So, tell us a little bit more about the the culture at Ramsey, and I've because I've, I've I've like kind of doubled down on listening to all things Dave Ramsey, mm -hmm. Anthony O'Neill, uh, Ken Coleman, Deloney, Entree Leadership, all these things, and they're talking more about how the culture has really. Not not shifted, but okay, here we go, all in. And Deloney has been talking about you guys behind the scenes, everything is the real deal. And of course, we want to learn more about it too. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Not not what we see on the Dave Ramsey show or just all the stuff that's out there, but a little bit of a, a deeper understanding of it, if you can. Yeah, I think the bottom line is um, you have to be intentional about culture and the times you can hang out together. And it not just all be, uh, we hire the top and all these people are hard workers. They're very intelligent, smart. And if you're not careful, that's all you, you do. And it's just grind, grind, grind the hours. We, one thing that's cool about the culture that Dave set up years ago when we had staff meeting around a fold out table with me, him and six others to now a huge conference center with just unbelievable sound and whatever, um, we kept what brought us here, whether it was a staff meeting with eight people 
to we think we need to communicate to a thousand at the same level instead of having cells or just these little islands in the building. We're one. We're, we all are one uh, company that has this goal and we work together. It's a global thing. And we have to be intentional about making sure no one's on their own little island or divisions making uh, decisions on their island without thinking of the global impact. And it's all about the people outside our walls. You probably heard that said many a times. But um, it, it's important. What I was going to say is, Dave, like when you're hired and he says, hey, we, there's seasons. Um, we're going to work 40 hours. That's our goal, roughly 40 hours. That's it. We want you to work hard while you're here, but we want you to be a father, a mother, a newly married, whatever, outside of here. And that's just as important. He, he would go around in the old days, and sometimes he'll surprise people. And if it's like 6, 630, he sees you at your desk, he's like, why are you still here? And there's also seasons, and I talked about this, we talked about the other day about the Entree podcast I was on, that the seasons that we prep people for too is, hey, our goal is the majority of time, 40 hours, but there might be a new initiative, there might be something we're taking advantage of to help people outside these walls where we have to give a little extra in this season, so you might stay a little later. You might come in on a Saturday because we're doing a live event and we have to load a truck or the production has to be done. Um, and, and I think our team is instilled that season so much that when you go through something like this right now, they know this is a season. We don't know how long, but this season might be a different hat I wear because production needs my help editing in my uh, office right now or a skeleton, a skeleton crew or, like you said, essential worker. Our media is essential worker. So in the state of Tennessee, they can go in, but i got to be smart about how I put those guys in there. I can't put all of them in there. Let's put two in there at a time or whatever. So they, they understand that season and that culture has helped that. But the, the, the easiest way to understand the culture is that you have to break it up from just work, work, work. And it, it's so important to get to know each other. And because when you are in the battlefield and you are at that work, 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 I know you got my back because we did the spelling bee together or we played in a band for a month together or our families got to know each other on the grass when we did this culture thing, or I sat with you in the lunchroom. That's part of a culture as a leader, go in there and sit with people you've never sat with. So um, culture is used a lot around there, but just what that means again is being intentional about knowing about what's going on in your life, your life, how's your kids, all that. Cause that's just as vital of, of, of wanting to get up on a Monday and go in versus if you're just up, Grind it again, grind it again, grind it again. Then you can grind out if you don't have yeah. the other. Yeah. yeah, you're going to run out of gas quick. Yeah. We were talking with Deloney this morning. I think it was Deloney. We talked to a lot of people today. Uh, <laughs> he was talking about, um, what is it? Uh, communication isn't connection. Mm. And you can have all the communication in the world among a team. Oh, yeah. emails. Well, I emailed this person this and gave them this to-do list. But if you don't see them and you don't spend time with them, mm. right. What kind of connection do you have? Because you're just super hyper-focused on something. And having a marriage is no different. Yeah. I mean, oh, we got this call with Blake. We're talking to so-and-so later. We got this. We got to take the kids or do the kids' online school. That's not connection. So we got to stop and turn that off and plan shared experiences, right? Yep. Melanie, me and you were going to take a walk every day this week, 45 minutes, no kids. Yep. Talk about our day. Uh, we're going to prepare for the Battle of the Bands. I know yeah. the thing. I thought you So-and-so is coming we over. We need to have a band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totally down for that. The funny thing is, uh, Tanya, like I said, is a singer and has her opinions about music too. That when we're up there, it's an ongoing joke that she'll come up and tell us, "Mm," or why don't you do this? And we started calling her Yoko. Like she's (laughs) the Beatles. Nice. They used to call me that in Emory because they said I broke up, I made Seth quit the band, which I did not do. (laughs) I was on his own. To leave the band. Okay, um, so here's a here's a really okay, real quick, Seth. To your point about that that what Deloney said, um, when you're stuck at home every day and all your teams at different places, and we're constantly video call meeting, video call meeting. We even in this time have had to say, okay, tonight Suzanne Sims and all her leaders, we're going to get on at five thirty, get something to drink, whatever hang out and we're not going to talk business. We're just going to hang out and we're going to, how are you doing? How's your family? Did it up? And so even in this time, it's very important to do that kind of stuff. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Uh, There was one more, one more thing, I think. Uh, Let's see. Oh, okay. 
And the last thing, because I know we're I've taken a little bit of your time, but how are you? Okay, so this is obviously a marriage and family show, right? Yeah. So, and I was talking with Anthony Deloney about this this morning, and I, as a dad, as a husband, and as a worker, want to make sure that I'm faring well in this time. And not that I'm faring well, but I'm doing the things that I need to do to be there for Melanie, to be there for our three kids, to be there for my job. And I want to look back in three, four, five weeks or six months and say, okay, Seth, you know, we none of us have ever been through a pandemic before unless you're, you know, 85, which we're not. <laughs> but this is our first time. And I want to be able to look back and say, you did that good. What did you learn? What did you do well? And make every day, make, do things every day so you're proud, right? So how are you guys? And maybe this will give some value to our listeners. How, what, what, kind of quips or messages can we give to listeners to say, what are you doing to farewell? Just what are you doing? You know, um, some days I wake up and go, this is kind of cool. Um, it's not like real early to get into this meeting and get into meeting, 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 meeting in the usual way. It's all right. I woke up a little later and grabbed some breakfast and I'll probably accomplish more because I'm focused on one thing for the first hour and then I'll jump on a video call and it's great. Um, there's other days I wake up usually on a Monday after they tell us it's another week and I'm going, I'm going to lose my mind. I think I'm going to lose my mind if I don't take time and just uh, figure out the best way to do something you're not used to. And um, someone in my meeting today, a guy that one of my team members uh, that I lead said, is this not Groundhog Day? <laughs> because some days it just feels like the same thing. One on one. Here we are. Same background you always see at my house. Um <laughs> So to answer your question, not knowing it's coming, just off the top of my head, Seth, it's, I, if, if, if you analyze yourself once we go back, what I want to get from this more than anything is what I alluded to earlier, and that is taking the time to play games. I would like, I don't want to play a game. I'm not a game guy, but it's the time we sit down there doing it or going down there and my daughter is um, doing her homework in the kitchen table and I can have lunch then and hug her. And that's not a normal afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, just uh, what's tonight? We're going to sit down and watch some stupid show with someone singing. Maybe they talk me into it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. it it's the family time. I think I'm going to take away more than anything is going so hard and so driven for what we do and what we feel called to do. And I thank God for my job and all that. But it, it, it was almost like, hey, Blake, pause for a second and don't forget this other very important life and world. And again, your son's gone in a year. What are you going to do different now? Mm -hmm. um, your daughter, um, 13 years old, these next years going to need you more than ever as her dad. I think those light bulbs have come on where I've never really just stopped and thought about them. It's made me pause and think of that and be more intentional outside of this and not go, hey, this is a season. I'm going to get back to the way I was doing it. It's right. it caused new paths and new ways to to live life and be a dad or a husband, I feel. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's great advice. I, that's exactly what I want to focus on too. Yeah. Honestly, uh, not to steal your answer, but I, 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 with the more people I talk to and the more people I ask that question, I'm finding that the, the answers have a lot of parallels. We want to do this good. We're going to focus on what actually matters. Yeah, like that's what, another thing that stands out is the stuff that you you realize what's important, what really wasn't. Um, yeah, the focus on what's really important now versus everything is always important. Throw it in the mix and you're just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Mel? Well, I don't know what the question was, but my question that I have is, are the tattoo shops still open in Nashville? <laughs> uh, no, they're not. And uh, I guess I, I do. My main guy that does most of mine, uh, I have multiple guys, but the, la the guy I've been with the most for the last five years, it's done mostly down here. Um, he, I know for a fact that he does it for Zach Brown band and some of those, and he goes to their studios to do them. Oh. So uh, I'm getting an itching for some space I have here and I'm wondering if maybe he'll come here if he knows I'm healthy. Yeah. yeah. I've got some space too. I'll yeah. fly in and we'll go together. It'll yeah. be perfect. Hey, it, here's a little side note. What's funny is he probably won't come during this time, but I have made, if I said, if I was home every day and ate like I knew I could, I would be so big. So I was intentional four weeks ago to go, 
hey, this is the time to start the diet. You're at home. This is when you start it. So I've lost 12 pounds, and I've made it a goal on the board that says when I hit this certain weight, I go get another tattoo. And it's a nice, it's a nice motivator. Yes. That's awesome. Good job. Awesome job. I think, yeah, that's, that's just another thing that I really like that you said that because it highlights, I think a mindset that Mm -hmm. is really important to have. Okay. I'm stuck at home. Everything is different. I can't even go to Starbucks and sit down, (laughs) right. Or a restaurant or anything like that. So I'm going to make the best of this time, right? Melanie started the 75 hard program. I don't know if you know about that with Andy Priscilla and stuff. I did it a while back. That's why I couldn't drink when we hung out in Nashville last time because I was on the program. So I I completed that and she's doing it in um, among amidst the pandemic time, right? There's no excuses. There's no anything. And she's going to be so much more better for that. It's the best time to do it because when everything goes back to normal, you put in all the work and done this during this time when other people could have been done doing it and your outlook's going to be so much better. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. I'm going to reward myself with a tattoo. <laughs> right. <laughs> guy, want to come down here? Yeah. <laughs> like you got a guy or a gal. Yeah. No, we need another no, one. We, we need, need ours yeah. moved. So. Yeah, ours moved. So, but um, Blake, thanks so much. I want you guys to go check out Blake's vinyl on Instagram. And just if, if you like music, you'll absolutely love that site. And thanks for hanging out. We yeah. love it. So this has hey, been. And a- if you guys are looking for new new um, cool bands that are on the rise right now, you need to check out the new uh, record from Dogleg, E O G L E G, and the new record from Surf Curse. Good record for your okay. audience. Okay, awesome. Uh, and okay, so I'll plug. I think I talked to you about this. There's this Viking metal band that I love, Amana Marth. <laughs> okay. They're Swedish. They're awesome. Uh, it, it's fun. Their live show is amazing. I've seen them like, I think, four times out here in Seattle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a funny. good band too. So, all right, man. Um, thanks. Yeah. Enough. Thanks. We, yeah, we for having really me. Always fun hanging out. Can't wait yeah. to see you guys again. All right, awesome. man. Take care. All right. We'll Bye. check you later. Bye. All right, we hope you really enjoyed that episode. It was so much fun to talk to Blake about all of his, the music stuff, mm-hmm. everything, the Super Bowl. I mean, the man's a, a man, and it's so yeah, much fun. It's pretty We it's enjoyed pretty it, awesome. and we hope that you learned a lot. And again, we want to remind you, visit DaveRamsey.com forward slash hope to get your free 14-day trial of Financial Peace University. That's the program that changed our marriage. It changed mm-hmm. our financial future. The investment of free <laughs> will yeah. have a big return in your future. So seriously, check it out. DaveRamsey.com forward slash hope. You are not going to regret it. And again, there are other sales going on. You mm-hmm. can get the Proximity Principle audiobook for four bucks Jeez. by Ken Coleman. And that right there, it's, it's money, my brother. So yeah. check it out. It is. And um, yeah, we've, we've had a great time doing this Ramsey weekend and we hope you enjoyed it as well. All right. Later. See you later. Bye. Bye.